The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Now on Mitchell's Front Page, Talking Finance with station sponsor Geelong Bank. This segment contains general information only and does not take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acquiring any products, please consider whether they're appropriate for you by reviewing any terms and conditions, fees and charges and the financial services guide. Vivian Allen, the CEO of Geelong Bank, good morning. Good morning, Mitchell. Well, thanks for being on the program and how's everything going at the bank with the latest lockdown, lockdown number oh. eight for Geelong? Number eight is that I'd, I'd, I've almost lost count. Oh, <laughs> but, probably don't um, need to count them, to be honest, but anyway. <laughs> we, uh, well, as, as always, um, same hours that we uh, are normally operating on. We do have some of our team members working from home, but basically uh, here to, to keep our uh, members um, and, and our team members, for that matter, safe and able to do their banking yeah, hopefully the situation resolves favourably in a short amount of time and we can go back to normal. Now, today we're looking at the different structures of banks, I suppose, and uh, you've got a bit of an interesting history at the Geelong Bank starting off, uh, of course, as being a, a credit union for Ford workers. Is that right? Correct, correct. And and the reason I chose this topic is, and it's because of those eight lockdowns, we, we often find that when people... Um, can't do their normal activities, they start to think about finance and look at, you know, perhaps um, getting a better deal uh, with what they've got with deposits or loans um, or they they maybe they've got accounts at various institutions and they think, well, I'd like to consolidate them, make life a little bit simpler. But, um, but in fact, uh, customer-owned banks or, or credit unions have been around for about 150 years and um, they were the original peer-to-peer lenders in that um, typically they were in small, you know, communities, towns um, or, or maybe parishes with with churches would come together to uh, deposit money and then lend that out to other members of the, of the credit unions. Um, so really, really strong history in Australia, but uh, it's it's actually a worldwide um, movement. Uh, and every year there's a there's an annual conference, although it's virtual at the moment, um, that that basically celebrates what uh, credit unions and building societies and, and mutual and customer-owned banks have done um, in contributing to uh, to their local communities. And how did your bank or credit union begin back in the day? Was it a bunch of Ford workers that thought, we want to get a bit of a facility to get uh, organised so that we can do what you've just talked about there? Correct, correct. There were 80, um, 80 men, um, I believe, um, who started the credit union at the Ford site here in Geelong. And uh, interestingly, uh, over at Ford Broadmeadows, there was another group who who started a credit union there, but they they did eventually merge. Uh, but it, it a lot of them did come out of industries. So, um, you know, there were uh, Qantas, had a credit union, Alcoa, um, BHP, you know, the list goes on and on. Transport workers, um, as well as people who lived in a particular geographical location. 
How easy or difficult is it to start a credit union? Because with all the hoops you have to jump through, and we've talked a lot about the regulations around the finance industry, is it a difficult thing? Is it more difficult now than what it was back when you started? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you know, where we've evolved is that we are now uh, governed by uh, the Corporations Act in ASIC and we're regulated by APRA. And so organisations such as Geelong Bank have to comply with exactly the same requirements as as the big four, which seems incredible in many ways, but that is because we want a very strong uh, financial system in Australia. And uh, in, in fact, if we were to put all of the credit unions and mutuals and customer-owned banks together, um, we are the fifth largest holder of deposit household deposits outside the big four um, and we've got over 147 billion in assets as a, as a group that's quite incredible actually starting off from one uh, credit union for ford workers to get to that point oh yes that's that's i'm talking about oh, sorry, the, yeah, uh, that's all of the combined together sorry combined yes. together yes yes but but it, it it just goes to show there there is a different way so the the main um, way that we uh, attract people are, are the fact that they are our customers and they are also our shareholders. They, um, we put our profits back into benefiting our customers solely. So that means we will charge lower rates on loans. We all generally pay higher rates on deposits. We would have either no fees or very low fees. And we're not focused on always getting a great return and dividends for shareholders because, as I said, our customers are our shareholders. How does it work if you are a customer? Because I believe you've said in the past that gives you voting rights. Is that right? Mm, that's right. So we, we've got our annual general meeting um, coming up at the end of October and we any any of our members who are shareholders um, can attend the meeting, although this year, of course, we'll be having it virtually as we did last year. But when there are important decisions to be made, um, and last year was a classic where we changed our constitution, um, the, the members are the ones who get to vote on that. It's not just up to the board of directors or the um, executive management. It's up to our members to um, agree that the changes that are proposed are are for the good of the organisation and uh, and then would then, then pass it. And what do you think is on the horizon for the financial industry? What is it going to look like over the next, say, 10, 20 years in terms of what sorts of institutions we uh, put deposits into, what sorts of institutions we uh, take loans from? How is it going to change over time and what will be your place in that market, do you think? Well, I think the the main thing that is is already starting is that the customer is in at the centre of everything that we do. And with the likes of the innovation of open banking, which en- enables a customer to uh, basically allow different organisations to, to receive their data in order to provide better, better offers, um, that is going to be huge. So we're in the middle of that project at the moment uh, and it, it's, it is an 
incredible game changer. It used to be the case that um, really banks would would hold on to their their members' data um, very tightly um, for fear of competition. But under the open banking scenario, it means that all sorts of players can compete um, on a more level playing field because the customer is is king and queen. Do you think people change banks that often in their lifetime? Because I've heard people say, well, the bank that you sort of start out with is the bank that you stay with for life. And that's why some banks like to run uh, educational programs in schools, etc. Are people becoming more mobile with their finances now? They certainly are. And, and you know, one of the things with, with um, our industry is financial literacy is a very strong part of what we do. Uh, but the thing is that these days people are able to very easily research um, home loans, deposit accounts, all of those sorts of things at, at whenever they like, 24-7 because of the, the access to the web. And that was a trend that we saw even more so last year when we had, um, particularly here in Victoria, that second lockdown it was an incredible spike in people moving their business from where they may have traditionally banked to another organisation. And the other thing that we're seeing is that that people may um, choose different organisations for different products. Um, and you know, one of one of the uh, products we have that we saw incredible growth was um, our self managed super fund account, um, which is. Obviously, the name tells you what it is, but with people last year looking to get good returns on their on their investments as interest rates were going down, they just simply Googled. We, we attracted um, new customers from all over Australia. And what does the future hold for bank branches, the br- bricks and mortar approach to banking? Because I've heard a number of other banks closing down bank branches in some of the sort of less patronised areas. But I tell you what, the last time I went into a bank branch, I think it might have been to deposit a cheque and you don't really get cheques all that often <laughs> anymore. And there's not really much of a, a reason for me to go into a bank branch personally. Well, that's right. That's right. And and look, that's a trend. It's been it's been going on for many many years. And, and when I first um, when I worked at Westpac, for example, and and um, I was regional manager that covered Geelong in those days. Um, and I will say that Belmont branch um, was the jewel in the crown. It was incredibly busy place, um, very high staff numbers, and so on. But I had the same experience as you did. Um, a couple of years ago with a cheque that needed to be deposited and I think I was the only customer in there mm. with, with maybe two um, two customer service officers. So it, it, it's not that um, that any organisation is wanting to remove surfaces, services, it's just that people have changed the way they're, they're doing things and, again, COVID has really hastened that. Um, and, you know, there's even, there's, there's certainly checks are dying. Um, they're, they're, people still do use them, but the number that are, that are utilised has, has plummeted. And cash too. Um, again, because of COVID, there were, you know, talks you could maybe catch it if you, you used cash. Yeah. Um, and, and we found that, uh, that whilst there is a demand from, um, typically older people, but even, even, um, 
you know, one one organisation I know of, um, they have decided not to have cash in their branches at all. Mm, interesting. I don't know what yeah. you think, but uh, I certainly won't miss checks. I mean, cumbersome, no. you have to drive to the <laughs> bank and then you'd have to wait days for them to clear as well. Correct, correct, yes. Final word on uh, the different mo- different models of banking? Well, look, I, I you would expect me to say this, but I would definitely encourage people if they are thinking of looking for alternatives to have a look at um, their local bank, being Geelong Bank, but if if they're listening from other parts of um, Australia on your uh, pods and so on, um, it would be... Um, worthwhile looking at customer-owned banks. Well, thanks very much for being on the program and we'll talk to you again next month and we always say this, hopefully lockdown free. Yes, let's let's hope so. Thanks, Thank you Mitchell. very much. Vivian Allen there, the CEO of Geelong Bank. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or wherever you get your podcasts.